Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by We Know Fantasy. As always, my name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today I am joined by Lenny. Lenny, how we doing? Doing well. Doing well. And, of course, Sean's here as well. Sean, how are we today? Good, Nate. How are you doing? You guys aren't really convincing me that you're doing well. Those are kind of... <laughs> Pretty standard run-of-the-mill response. I guess we'll run with it. We'll say that we're all fine, even though you can't convince me that you are. But remember, guys, follow us on our social media, Twitter and Instagram, at what is it? Out of the Rough WK. On Twitter and Instagram, follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter and Facebook, at We Know Fantasy. Visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for more fantasy sports content, including fantasy golf, baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, you name it. The We Know Fantasy crew has you covered. All right, this week we're at the Palmito Championship at Congaree, a brand new tournament to the PGA Tour. Uh, before we hop into that, let's review what happened at the Memorial Tournament last week. Uh, let's see, I had Colin Morikawa, who had lost the playoffs there, but he was a T for one at minus 13. Uh, Xander Schofley was minus four at T11. Charlie Hoffman plus seven two seven. Brendan Todd plus six two three. And Matthew Naismith plus four, but missed the cut. Lenny, how was your uh, pick from last week? Uh, not too great. I'm gonna have to say. Um, we should have known that when all three of us picked on Charlie Hoffman, he was gonna have a bad week. I mean, I and said it. So. But I had Kevin Strelman with a T13, Jordan Spieth, T18, Tony Fino. Such a disappointment on Saturday. I was convinced that he was going to win earlier in the week, but he finished T32. I'll still be pulling for Tony, though. And then Troy Merritt at a T50. Yeah, that Charlie Hoffman, we uh, said last week after we all three agreed for it in the price range. I warned you guys, but if you listen to us, uh, that's on you. We just give you the advice. It's on you after that. Uh, Sean, how we do last week, man? Uh, just like the intro, not good. Um, <laughs> it's good, so good that I didn't win any money, so I didn't even look at the lineup um, because I don't feel like uh, I need to go down to that rabbit hole. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. you don't need that. Uh, don't need that negativity in your life. Um, yeah. Well, on my case, you know. The two tournaments that Kalamar Kwawa has won since we started this podcast, I've uh, included him. But on the other side, I've pretty much included him in every episode we've done. So uh, I'm going to hit once in a while. But, yeah, two win. Well, he didn't win, but he was still a T1, technically speaking. And, guys, review in for the end of this podcast. I'm not in last place in one and done anymore. Happy about that. So we have the Congaree Golf Club here hosting the brand-new Palmito Championship. A little bit about the course and the tournament. Like I said, this is a brand-new tournament, so we have no history to go off of. It is a very long course that features two par fours that are 500-plus yards. A lot of natural sand scattered about the course. Golfers will be able to ground their clubs into hazards. What was it? Just like the... What was it? PGA at a... At, at a where was that? Yeah. Kiowa, yeah. It's not a waste area and it's not uh, going to play as bunkers even though Kiowa was very questionable there are some very questionable waste areas that were shaped like a bunker placed where you'd put a bunker on the green but it was a waste area 
But yeah, we have the same uh, stuff in play this week. Tom Fazio designed Course. He's also designed the likes of Shadow Creek, Firestone, Corliss, and Pine Horse Number Eight. If the weather does stay dry, this is going to be a very fast course. We're not talking just the greens and the fairways as well. So if that is to happen, no matter uh, the skill or the the technique of the golfer, anyone can kind of uh, you know achieve or, or do well this course. But if the weather does uh, get a little bit wet with some thunderstorms that are predicted for the forecast this coming week, but you know that South Carolina weather uh, in the summer, you have a pretty much a chance of a thunderstorm every single day. But if it does get a little bit wet, we can favor the bombers who can kind of get the ball out there, avoid the hazards, get beyond those, and not kind of, uh, you know, a lot of these shorter guys will kind of hit the fairways in the middle and avoid the uh, hazards that way and just ride the fairway. But if it does get wet, they won't be able to do that. Uh, let's see. Lucas Glover is an ambassador for the course, and he stated, if it remains fast and firm, meaning little to no, no rain, you'll see different styles of play. You'll see the bombers getting over the trouble, shorter hitters running in between the problems. This is featured on the glove. So, like I said there, uh, if it does remain dry, we'll see different type of skill sets uh, you know, do well this week, but we'll see what the weather brings. This uh, course will play kind of like a desert or European golf course. In that aspect, we have Bermuda greens and statistics to look forward to. Strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green, sand saves gained, and strokes gained off the tee. Lenny, anything to add here? Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's kind of meant to be like a Australian type of a course. You mentioned with like the the sandy waste areas. It is a bit of a long course, um, but to be honest, I don't know too much about it, uh, so I can't comment too much this week. Sean, we have anything to add? Nope. All right. Well, let's move right into things then. So, Sean, kick us off here. Are your ten thousand dollar plus? Uh, price play, but remember, guys, I think there's only four people uh, on DraftKings at least that are above ten thousand dollars. So we'll see what we get ourselves into here. Yeah, um, there you can you can have a twenty five percent chance of picking the guy that I'm about to say, um, but I think uh, he's a pretty pretty obvious guy in my mind with the major coming up next week. A little hint there, uh, but Brooks Kepka, uh, he's at eleven one. He's the second highest rated player uh, behind DJ, who is eleven four. Um, I think uh, Brooks, just with the, you know, playing the way he's been playing and gearing up for the major, I think that this week is going to be an interesting one for him. He does have some pretty good stats off the tee. He's 20th right now, with, considering the rounds that he has played due to injury. Uh, 20th being strokes gained off the tee. Um, and then he's also second in sand saves. So with all those waste bunkers, um, if he can, uh, if he does find himself into the waste lands or whatever they're called, because um, I just called them two different things, uh, he's uh, <laughs> he's doing pretty well there with the sixty-six percent. So, um, pretty pretty simple and easy choice for me. Just looking at those couple of guys, like you said, there's not that many to pick from. So he's the best in my eyes. Brooks Kepka, eleven one. All right, Lenny, let's see. Baby. Yeah, you know we all know Lenny is a a a, a Brooksy type of guy. So is that your play this week, or is someone different? Yeah, no, I'm I'm Team Brooks this week. Um, I mean, for all the reasons that Sean said, uh, one kind of thing that sticks out to me with Brooks is just his play going into major tournaments. Before the PGA, right, he was hurt, didn't really know his condition, he got cut. The three majors before that, the week before, he's gone T2 first, T2. He's just a guy that seems to ramp it up for the major tournaments. Um, 
in a field like this, you kind of have two guys just sitting at the top. And for those reasons, I'm going with Brooks this week. All right. Well, uh, you guys double up on that. So I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going with Matthew Fitzpatrick at 10-4. What's about, about $700 cheaper than your play here? Uh, I, I kind of, you know, I'm going to go away from the pricey Dawson Johnson and Kepka. What's, what's Dustin Johnson? 11-4, I think. 11-4, yeah. 11-4. Uh, we have this very depleted field with the U.S. Open next week. But Fitzpatrick has had a tough go of things recently, missing three cuts in his last six events and two cuts in his last three. Uh, I'm also going to consider ownership here. I, I want to assume Kepka, for the reasons you guys explained, and DJ will be owned in a lot of in a lot of um in a lot of plays, you know, uh, Tyrell Hatton too will be played. He's on some decent form as well, but Matthew Fitzpatrick's kind of the outlier there because he's not really in form at this point. But I feel like this is a a time for him to you know don't really have a huge field to compete against in, in terms of talent wise and big names, but just to go out there play some good golf and get his, get his form back leading to the U.S. Open. On top of that, he's 14th on the tour in strokes gained off the tee, which is one of those four stats I talked about. So I'm going to save a little a little bit of money here and go uh, 10-4 with Fitzpatrick. One thing I think this week for me, uh, just talking about lineup building, is I think I'm just going to – I don't really care about the chalk at the top and picking the heavy-owned guys. I think just with two kind of – big names at the top with Brooks and DJ that if you take one of them, maybe take another chalk guy like a Fitzpatrick and then just pick and pray at the bottom. I think that's going to be my strategy. Just I'm throwing it out there. I don't know if it's going to be right or wrong, but it's just how I'm looking at it. Part of why I'm going with Brooks this week as well. Yeah, that does make sense. We're going to talk about some guys later on that, you know, you probably haven't heard about or played about. Uh, even some of these guys you weren't really knowing of that have somewhat of an expensive uh, taste about them because of what the field offers. So, yeah, doubling up up top with some known golfers, some big names, and then trying to find some pieces lower may work for you, like all Lenny just said. So let's move forward to this 9000 price range. And, Sean, who are we playing this week here? I'm going with the uh, British man of Ian Poulter. Um, he's at 9-2, so sort of on the lower end there. Um, but he's coming off the third at Charles Schwab. He's got one top 10, and he's only missed seven cuts. Um, so not too bad of stats for you there. Um, and the guy is really good around the green. Um, he's 21st in strokes gained around the green, and he's also seventh in putting. Um, so as long as he can get himself to the green um, with the depleted field, I think at uh, the 9-2 value, he's very good. And, like, again, I think... The common theme is obviously next week's the ma- or a major, not the Masters. Um, so everyone's just going to be trying to tune that in, and I think he's uh, he's due for one. So Ian Poulter, 9-2. Yeah, if there's one thing where you know about Ian Poulter, he's going to putt uh, well. And if it is to be a dry course and we're going to see these fast greens, that's going to be important this week. You know, a lot of people may be going beyond the uh, hole, but someone like Poulter, who's a consistent great putter, could be a great play this week, especially at 9-2. So, Lenny, who do we have here? Well, I just want to say, Nate, that was an excellent lead-in to a guy that I think you're going to pick if you want to go. Yeah, I'll go I'll go here. We're going to 9-1 with Pat Kazare. He's the, let's see, prior to his miscut at the Memorial, he had he quietly had back-to-back third-place finishes at the AT&T Byron Nelson. 
and Charles Schwab, just as Sean mentioned there with Poulter. He was a T3 with Kazare. So he's missed just four cuts in 21 tournaments and had a stretch of 12 straight big cuts earlier this season. He's a, he's a great putter. He's a top 50 shots gate approach golfer on the tour. And his driving distance is just shy of 300 yards, so he's up there as well in that. So at 9-1, if you are to maybe spend up with a DJ or a Kepka, you know, Kazare may be a great play on, on your end as well. In my opinion, I am probably just going to punt this entire 9K range because I feel like this is just the worst 9K range we've ever seen. Well, you're not allowed to do uh, that for the podcast. Hold on, but I also, if I'm picking someone, it's going to be Kazire as well. You know, if you're going to pick Poulter, you could save $100, pick Kazire. They're basically the same player. You know, they're not the best off the tee, uh, but they're going to put the lights out. So why not save the 100 bucks? go with Kazire. That's kind of my view on it. All right. So let's just move on from that 9K price range. But guys, I think there's like a combined, what, 10 or 11 golfers that are $9,000 plus this week because of what the field offers. So, yeah, it leaves a lot less desired, especially for the content of this podcast. I mean, it will just to kind of give a point of reference here, Patton Kazire's at 9-1. He's at the 9K range. Right? Only once this entire season he's been above 7-7. All right, so we see him at 9-1. He has come off some good finishes. Not to disrespect him, I am picking him. He has come off a couple T3s, but at the same time, he's a guy we tr- traditionally see around 7K. Same with Ian Poulter. Oh, so you say, some, same with you Poulter there, too. That, he's in the 7,000 range normally as well. But yeah, the, it's, it's not that they're bad players, and with the kind of the way this tournament is set up, you know, they're not terrible picks, um, but it's just not who we would traditionally be picking kind of in this 9K range, just how this tournament's set up. So for me, also part of the reason why I'm going to hit two guys at the top and then just try to crush the bottom, hopefully get some guys at the bottom right. But anyways, let's carry on to the 8K range. <laughs> All right. Uh, since Lane's doing my job, Sean, what do we have here? <laughs> Um, I got the guy who doesn't consider golf a hobby, um, Kevin Kisner. Um, he's at eight seven. Um, not too many like finishes that are really to talk about, but he's only missed seven cuts throughout the year. Uh, he's ninth in driving accuracy with sixty nine percent, almost seventy. Um, so good to for him to be able to hit it and stay out of those waste areas. Uh, again, I'm just going to keep trying until I'm right. Uh, but I think, you know, again, not to deplete the field, but um, I think he's a, he's a good value there at 8-7 if you were to pick somebody at that range, obviously. So, Kevin Kisner. Yeah, Kisner's also one of the best on tour with putting on Bermuda Greens as well. I know we've talked about that in the past as well. So, that's Lenny, who we have here in the $8,000 range. See, for me, I'm going with Johnny Vegas. He's at 8-3 this week. Um, he's someone who's just kind of been striking the ball lately. He's not a great around-the-green guy, but like we've mentioned, it, guys that are bombing it off the tee in the fairways, hitting their irons well, just 
playing good ball striking golf are in play at all times. And it's kind of what Johnny Vegas has been doing lately. Um, and eight three, he's a little bit of a bargain uh, at this range. You know, I'm I'm confident in him. He's coming off a few good finishes lately, so he's my pick here. Yeah, we're we're getting down here. Like I said, we we referenced what the difference was between the nine k range and what they normally are, and here we are in the eight k range. We're getting to those guys that normally we would see below seven thousand. Uh, but I'm going Doc Redman here, who is at the eight thousand price range. Uh, we keep hammering this. This is not the field we're normally used to. But this is uh, this is this is a guy who's. One of the best on tour in scrambling from the sand. He's currently eighth on the tour in that, statistics speaking, uh, with a lot of, what do they call it, waste areas and a lot of sand to hit with the dry elements. Uh, we don't have a tall rough with it being burned out. And just a lot of sand in play because, it's you know, the course is built on sand. Uh, you know, Redmond really could get some strokes back playing out of these waste areas, uh, getting the ball up and out. He's also made three straight cuts. With a top 10 AT&T Byron Nelson. So here we are getting to uh, what normally are bottom tier type of guys. So let's see what Redman can do for me this week. Uh, he's gained strokes putting in four straight tournaments, um, which he's never done in his career. So, I mean, the putter's kind of hot for him right now. Could be a good play. Yeah, it's a combination of that putter and playing out of the sand. Let's see what can happen this week. Let's move on to the 7,000 price range. And, Sean, who are we playing here, man? I'm going with the PXG legend of Pat Perez. Um, he's coming in at 7-7. Seven, seven. Thanks, LJ, for that humor. Um, but I, uh, I, I, he, similar to, uh, to your man, um, he has gotten the last four cuts. Um, the last cut he missed was RBC Heritage. Uh, he's gotten a 45th, 39th, 26th, and 29th. So not great finishes, but some good ones um and because the course is a little bit longer and we're really pulling some stats out of here he's 11th on the tour from approaches from 250 to 275 yards so if you ever dust a, a couple tee shots and they just get to the fairway and he has a big approach you might see some good shots so you know you did mention it was longer so we're going to take that in the key so pat press seven seven hey, all right can, can we play here Oh my goodness, he he's in uh, guys. Calm down. He could be the uh, third PXG guy to win this year after Kokrak and Dahman earlier. Maybe uh, PXG's got the got the clubs going. But for me, it's kind of the obligatory Vincent Whaley pick. I'm still going to play him even though he's above 6K. He's at 7-7 seven, seven this week. But Doesn't that break the rule? I'm still going to play him. He's made nine straight cuts. He's just mastering a 20 to 40 place finish. Right? And kind of at this lower range when we're kind of just throwing some darts here, like I will take a 20, 25th place finish out of my 7K guy most weeks. Um, you know, in, in a weaker field, though, kind of what we've traditionally been seeing him playing in, um, I think it gives him a little bit more of a shot. So I'm going to go Whaley at 7-7. Seven, seven. All right, and here we are. I'm going to play a 7-6 guy here, Camilo Villegas. With how this course does play, if there is to be rain, I think stroke gained 
no rain, excuse me. I think strokes gained around the green will be important. Like we said, we have fast greens and fast fairways, so we can see a lot of shots going off the back to the sides or or just going a, a different direction than what the golfers hope with how these dry elements will go into, go into play here this course. With that being said, Velgas is currently 26th on the tour in strokes gained around the green, so there's that as well. Get himself up and on with around the green will be an advantage this week. I just assume if it is to stay dry as it is and what people are reporting out of that area, just just being able to get up and on, even if you are to go off, if not play the ball to the left or right, you're able to get on that green. going to be important this week. So, yeah, 7-6. And like Lenny said, you're, you, at this kind of rate, you're just hoping for someone to get you a top 25. I think uh, Villegas could do that. I think – his volatility makes him a very good play, though, because he's someone you either see in, like, the top 15, top 20, or he misses the cut. And you kind of are taking a risk at what, what's happening with him in that week. If he, But if he does hit and you do get that top 20, he's an excellent play. And that's what we're hoping for this week. So let's round out our suggestions here. Let's go, Sean. Who's your six thousand, or I guess technically seven thousand, but six thousand nine hundred dollar play and under? I'm going with uh, Patrick Harrington. Um, he's at six nine this this week. Good number. Um, he's got two top tens this year, and he's uh, only missed five cuts. So. A pretty decent stat line in that respect for um, for that price number. But the real reason I'm picking in two reasons. Um, just came off a fourth at the PGA Championship. Um, so he might be riding high. He did follow that up with uh, 112th at the Memorial. So might not be uh, ridden it for too long. Um, but he is also 13th on the tour for approaches uh, from 100 to 125 yards. Um, so if he does find himself... Uh, in that area, uh, we might see some good little uh, darts that are thrown at the board as we're trying to throw darts here. Um, but Patrick Harrington is my last guy here at 6'9". Something right, I was going to say, something I didn't think about here is with this being a new course to almost everyone, someone with kind of the experience of Patrick Harrington could be a smart play. That's um, still a new course to him. But I think, you know, he might play it a little bit smarter, potentially. You know, like we saw at the PGA, Kiowa, some we don't go to every year. He goes out there, puts up an excellent number. Maybe something we see, something to consider. Yeah, that as well. That's something, uh, some more insight on that pick. But I was going to say, you know, Sean talked about throwing darts. I just want to know what your dart throws is with Lemmy. Um, I'm going Hank Lebiota. Uh, he's had a solid approach game, and off the tee, he's been net neutral, really. So if he can keep the ball in the fairway, I think he'll, he'll be a good play, um, just as long as he keeps the irons going well. And he, he's a decent putter. He's not a bad putter. He's not at the top, but his putter isn't going to necessarily let him down, typically, in most weeks. Um, so, you know, he keeps the ball in the fairway, maybe has a hot week. I think he could be a good play. He's at 6-9, so he's at the upper range of this. Um, but when you're looking down here at the 6K range, he's just someone who kind of 
when you're looking at the strokes gain data, he's not someone who, you know, is significantly losing strokes in any one part of his game where it's going to completely take him out of it. Um, so if just kind of something gets hot in there, he can make a little run. All right. And my dart throw is going towards Tyler McCumber at 6'8". Uh, like I said earlier in this podcast, there are some chances of thunderstorm and rain hitting this area throughout the week. If that is to happen, it slows down the course. I'm looking for a bomber here. You know, I talk about every every week. It's in that 7,000 minus price, price range. It's finding someone who does something well that suits the course. So if it is to be wet, Tyler McCumber is uh, 16th on the tour in average driving distance. That's just shy of 309. So if it is to be wet, he can get out there, get the ball beyond the hazards and and just, uh, you know, start off better than those who can't get the ball to roll on those on what to be fast fairways if it is to be wet. So we'll see how this goes. And if it does hit, it hits. All right. Moving on here. The strokes gained approximate, of course. The I say this every week. The, uh, you know, trademarks, statistics of this podcast. Two weeks ago, we had a great hit. And uh, I forget, Lane, who do you, who do you play last week in this? Oh, we had Bo Hogue last week. I think he finished, was it T15, T13? Hey, he was not bad he was up there in the mix. I think on like Thursday for quite a while, he was sitting in the top five. Um, but at a 6-3 price range last week, you get a top 15 finish. Take that all week. So one of my books. So playing this week, so. Yeah, this week. We're going Roberto Castro. So he's he's in the 6-4 price range, so he could be a dart throw for you. So the thing with Roberto, he's not necessarily from the area. Um, he lives in Atlanta, played at Georgia Tech. So he's an ACC guy, kind of has played a lot of coastal golf. But when making his way up through kind of the professional ranks, he started out in the e-golf tour. Right, and this plays basically in the Carolinas and Georgia, so he's played just a lot of golf in this area. And when he was playing on the e golf tour, three out of his six wins came in South Carolina or Savannah, which is in Georgia but just south. Uh, the course is right along the border there. So, you know, when this guy has played well, it's been in this region, he's played a lot of golf around here. Uh, so he has experience on the coastal courses and these weather conditions. So I think he could be a good play, six four. Yeah, that's a that's the type of content you're not getting anywhere else, guys. That's uh, the what the what the SGPTC offers. Not only living next to or growing next to a course, but just the uh, you know the 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 knowledge of the area. Move on, guys. The one and done. Uh, let's see, Sean. What was it? I won last week. Who was? Were you second or was Lenny second? No, you won. You had Xander Schauffele. He had uh, two hundred twenty-five thousand five twenty-five. Uh, Tony Fina was second, which was LJ. And then uh, I'm not going to read all the totals. Um, Victor Hobbin, I have a third, so uh, I would be first this week. All right. Well, let's, let's see who you have picked then. I'm going to go with the guy that I mentioned earlier, uh, Kevin Kisner. Oh, All right. The kids. So for, it's your turn now. Um, 
I believe, you know what, we are going to go, I'm thinking here, I'm trying to figure out who I've played, who I want to save for the U.S. Open, who I want to save for the, uh, the actual Open, and I think I am going to play Sung J N. Have I used him yet? No. Oh, right, I'm, going, I'm going Sung J. I like that pick, honestly. I'm gonna go with Pat and Desire here for my pick, and just overview real quick, guys. Uh, Sean still leads Lane and I by quite a bit with 2.5 mil. I'm in second now. I passed Lane this past with my uh, Showflake pick. I'm at 1.3. Lane's right behind me at 1.2. So need a lot of help to catch Sean. But, yeah, Pat Desire is my pick this week. All right, guys. That's it for this week. The brand new uh, the brand new Palmito Championship of Congaree. Next week, of course, is the U.S. Open. Looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, here we are. What is this? I think this is week 17 straight of these podcasts. So keep turning these out for you guys. Hope you enjoy them. Remember to follow us on social media at uh, Out of the Rough WK on Twitter and Instagram. Follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. So next week, guys, we'll see you.